Hey, welcome to Connection Over Coffee with me, Phil McAuliffe, the loneliness guy. Today, we're going to have a chat with Nathan Todd about labels and how they can define us and lead to our loneliness. Say good day, Nathan. Hey, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Before we jump into the episode, I just need to say that this podcast uh, is all about destigmatizing loneliness and promoting authentic connection for gay men globally. It contains content relating to the physical, mental, and emotional well-being of gay men. Now, if that's going to offend you or anyone in earshot, now's the time for you to move on. So, with all of that said, I'll go get coffee sorted. Nathan, how about you and the listener and the viewer? Go and get a table and I'll be right back. Sounds good. Let's do it. Here you go. If this is the first time that you've joined me for coffee, if you've joined the uh, first time you're, you're listening or uh, you're the first time that you're watching on YouTube, I want to say hi and send an absolute huge welcome to you. And I want to applaud you for your bravery and courage in simply pressing play. And the reason is loneliness, particularly for gay men, but loneliness for anybody, Uh, is a topic that we can be so reluctant to uh, engage on that it's only when we realize that there really is no other choice but to engage on it do we choose to engage on it. And that in itself requires bravery, requires courage, and requires us to be uh, beautifully vulnerable. So I recognize the simple act of pressing play may have indeed probably really did have you thinking and feeling some uncomfortable thoughts but now that you're here now that you have pressed play i want to say how proud i am of you for being here and yep my work is all about loneliness and how it affects gay men but here we talk about destigmatizing loneliness and how to move beyond that loneliness to get the type of authentic connection that you need as a human. If you're a return viewer, if you're a return listener, it's so great to have you back. Let's dig into this coffee. Dig into the coffee? Nathan, do you dig into coffee? What's with me this time? I mean, when you get in the bag and you dig in for the beans, man, yeah, 100%. Right, there we so go. So we're digging in. Thank you. We're, we're going like right back origin style coffee, uh, like, and, and we'll grind it ourselves, evidently. Um, so, Nathan, I want to say hi and welcome to you. And listener, before I, I let, let Nathan talk, um, I do want to say that if you don't follow his work yet on social media, it's brilliant. And I can think of no one else I want to talk more about loneliness with and how we get back to um, our authentic selves and authentic connection than the man on screen, the man who's sitting having coffee with us right now, Nathan Todd, from Charleston, South Carolina. Nathan, welcome. It's bloody awesome that you're here. Phil, man, it's always good to have a conversation with you. And we were talking a little bit earlier, man, how so interesting where we are in the world today because we're just two dudes who talk about a topic that nobody really wants to talk about. And we found each other just based on that one word. And we said, hey, there's somebody else out here doing something similar to what I'm trying to do in the world. And, and I mean, I think we're forming a, a great relationship. I always like to talk with you and, and see what you're doing, man. Thank you, Nathan. And um, listener, viewer, uh, you know, you will realize that um, while I don't speak with an accent, uh, Nathan has possibly the best accent ever. Um, and so it probably, it might do like if you're driving or whatever to like crank the, the volume right up, uh, and get an earful 
of that southern goodness. Um, so, uh, Nathan, you have... Um, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure where to go with that now. Um, but you, you are the loneliness coach. Uh, and as it says right now on your hat, and I'm very jealous of the merchandise, by the way, uh, on your hat and uh, I think on your T-shirt, no label defines me. Ah, not a burden. Excellent. I want to dig into that. Like, well, I'm, I'm big on the dig in. What the hell? I want to chat about that some more. Yeah. Later. But no label defines you. And that's what you wrote uh, about in the blog post um, that I published last week on thelonelinessguy.com. Why, tell us about you. How, how did you get to be sitting here having a chat with me wearing an awesome um, flat bill cap, no label defines you. Yeah, man. Uh, the very first breath of life. Uh, I wasn't guaranteed to be here. Um, I'm a dude who was born eight weeks premature. I weighed four pounds, 10 ounces, and the doctors gave me, me a 50 50 shot of even being alive so um i'm super blessed to be here and i'm super blessed when i think about that like to to have my parents um and if you read the the blog post the very first part of that i actually put a piece that my mom wrote in a letter to me where she was talking about her experience of seeing me for one of the first times and how scary that was. Cause I mean, uh, I was just this little <laughs> fit in your hand size kid, but I was strapped up to all these machines and had all these things going everywhere. And, um, it wasn't until I was two years old that I was even diagnosed and she had to fight tooth and nail to even have somebody say, hey, yeah, you're right. There is something that's going on with your kid. It took forever for a doctor to be like, hey, we need to check this out to figure out what's going on. Um, so I think that's played a huge role in me showing up in the world the way that I do today and why I want to eradicate loneliness one conversation at a time because – I mean, it's all about connection. It's all about having courage, um, compassion, and being able to reflect on what's going on. And I think that changes the world for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Listener, viewer, uh, if you were wondering why Nathan is having a chat with us, uh, let, let those words sink in. Let those words sink in. And particularly the eradication of loneliness one conversation at a time when we're talking uh, about nathan he's doing it uh you know at a, on a macro level on a on a big big level but the principle remains the same we eradicate our own loneliness one conversation at a time and our ability to move beyond loneliness depends on our willingness to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So, Nathan, what's your loneliness story? Um, and uh, I, I mean, you know, using specifically uh, the, the 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 topic today of of labels, uh, and you know, which which your work revolves around, really. Um, what 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 labels had you been assigned had been given to you and what labels uh have you assigned yourself yeah man when i think about those <clears throat> first i think about i wore the shirt for a reason i think when you are born with any type of disability or even any type of difference um, from the societal level you can be assigned the label of a burden and you can you can feel that both within yourself and you can feel the pressure from 
your outside world. And I mean, I, I love this because like, look, mine came from having a disability. I guarantee you, if you're a gay man listening to this, I bet there's something that shows up around the label of gay when it comes to feeling like a burden. Um, I felt uh, another label that's often assigned as broken or needing to be fixed. Yeah. And that there's something wrong with you. You're not normal. Um, and so many people with disabilities, with that one specifically, we spend a whole lot of our time overcompensating to make up for this idea of normal when we're not even allowed to actually question what the hell is that anyway it's a made-up thing too um and we just when we get caught in that that's when we start to go to that couch and i can talk about the couch later but we sit on the couch and we do what everybody expects us to do which is sit at home and not be in the public eye and then they wonder hey where are all the people with disabilities well we got really good at hiding yep. yeah yeah so i find the the the, the image i guess or the, the the concept of uh of of labels incredibly powerful uh, and and it's brilliant. It's brilliant because those labels, like anything, uh, can be used to define us. And and like the labels can be used to define us. And like anything, those definitions can be uh, in ways that serve us, or in ways that don't serve us. Not good. Not bad. Um, and I love, I was just madly scribbling down notes because I didn't want to lose any of that, that good stuff that you were saying. Um, because when we are talking about not fitting into societal norms, you know, and, and that, that places great strain on us, mental and emotional strain, and you know your your point about overcompensating, uh, you know, being hyper um, hyper awesome uh, as uh, an an effort to fit in to to shirk off those labels um, that, that that you know, or or to disprove them or to prove them um, to live up to perceived expectations. All of these, as you know, are powerful behavioral drivers um, mm -hmm. that can go to the point of being enough. Wanting to be enough, to prove that we are enough, to prove that it, we are worthy, to prove that we are worthy of being loved, being seen, being heard. When it comes to loneliness worthy of belonging yeah. so these labels that we work so hard to disprove or prove are such powerful behavioral drivers and it's this reason that i really want to um like explore these some more with you over the next little while yeah when i think about what you just said like this year 2021 what i've really been focusing on um is how often we can become super overwhelmed by looking at big picture stuff so even looking at Who's the best version of Phil? Who's the best version of Nathan? And so we've been trained, right? We've been trained to dream big, like dream some absolutely absurd thing. And I think that's bullshit. And I think that's why so many people, they get overwhelmed and they're like, I can't do anything. 
And so 2021 for me is this idea of dream small, play big, and repeat. So we only have right now, like whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, this is the moment right now that you've got. And we just, the psychologically, we think we're going to live forever most of the time. And none of that shit exists. <laughs> so my thing is, when you wake up, let's, let's go with labels, right? When you wake up, go get a, a label like you're going to a networking event yeah. and put an intention on that label. Put an intention for the day on that label and put it on you for a minute. Put it on you and see what happens and focus on if I can only do one thing today or if I could only be one way today, what's that way? Then you're like, okay, if I get that, how do I play that out to 100%? How do I play that with everything I've got? And then guess what? Another lie. Like we only have one huge dream. What if one huge dream is made up of all these tiny dreams stitched together and they make the big picture? So focus on that and see what happens. I've got chills um, because that's, well, that at once speaks uh, to something that's going on within me right now, but I love the, the elegant simplicity of that. And you're right, we can get overwhelmed, we can get consumed by that bigger picture, and we can fall victim to the shoulds then. Yeah. You know, I I should have this big dream, all the way through to, well, I should not be, you know, taking time for myself, I should not be, you know being frivolous with time or whatever it is i i i shouldn't should be doing this i shouldn't be doing that because i have this dream that i should have um and uh and and should be always working towards i say this a fair bit in the coaching work that i do with uh, my friend coach and mentor mike campbell in his everyday pardon me everyday legends academy and he uh, and and I find myself saying this to to guys who are um, anxious. And Eckhart Tolle talks about anxiety is uh, you know living in the future is comes from living in the future. Regret comes from living in the past. And you know to the point that you just made so eloquently there, Nathan. You know all we have is now. And so if we find ourselves like riddled with anxiety, we are living a future that doesn't exist, that only exists in our own heads. So we need to come back to now. And so my advice is simple. And I say this, and I say this to myself. Do now well. Mm. Uh, yeah. And even if now it's allowed... It's allowed to uh, be, I don't know, sitting on the couch watching TV. It's allowed to be uh, feeling pretty, you know, average uh, about yourself, about the situation around you. Um, Allow that to be uh, and then move forward to the next now, to the next now. When... When it comes to loneliness, then, Nathan, uh, we, we talked about uh, how loneliness, how, how and this is bef- like we talked about this just before I pressed record, and how we wade into loneliness. Uh, and I had in my mind, you know, the, 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 the image of, of a kid's pool. Uh, where you wade in from the shallow end and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper the more you wade in. And but and then to get out of the pool, uh, you need to climb out. 
Um, so it is actually far easier to get into loneliness than it is, uh, and, and for it to become a chronic state than it is to actually climb out. What is it for you that makes both within you as a man and uh, in your work um, that you that makes it so hard to move beyond loneliness in that moment? That's a great question. Um, I think it goes back to what we were just talking about, and that's the fact that um, as much as I'm aware of all this stuff, I still get caught in the stories. And, uh, I mean, something like, I think the science is 80% of our thoughts are negative and 95% of our days are on repeat from the day before. And, and that's scientifically proven. And so I think it's when I, when I buy into the story in my own head sometimes uh, and I get caught up in something somebody said even a long time ago like there's a lot of work that I'm doing with my own coach right now around um, like the the word for 2021 is is love and it's focusing on self-love like how did I need love when it didn't show up for me when I was younger uh, or what were things that caused me to feel inadequate when I was younger? Because I can tell you, back in fourth grade, um, field day, I don't know if that's big in Australia, but it's big in America, elementary school, and winning tug of war is like the most important thing you can do. Yep. And I remember my team was playing for the whole um, tug of war for the day for all the grade levels and i remember this kid telling me when we got done that i was the reason they lost and like that's the type of stuff that i know people are dealing with and it's figuring that out and having awareness that that's something that even though i'm 35 now but i can remember that and like that's the stuff that we're all dealing with. I don't know what your particular story is, but I bet you have one of those stories. And it's being able to ask the question in the moment, okay, what, what did that kid need back then that he didn't get? Mm, that kid being you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> I would, I would and also... give it to yourself. Right. All right. So... Like, one thing for me is hugs. Yep. <laughs> like, as weird as that sounds, like, it's figuring out how that kid needed a hug in that moment, and he didn't get it. <clears throat> um, and he didn't know how to necessarily process what was going on. Yep. Yeah. That, yes. Like, like me, I'm sure the listener and the viewer gasped. Uh, when you said that because we all have stories like that and you sharing that, Nathan, has um, perhaps even for, you know, a track and field meet, uh, you know, in, in well, at least, you know, my school, you know, house sports, like Athletics Day. Um, and, you know, we all have stories like that um, that play out mentally and emotionally within us, you know, frequently, frequently, and um, are part of, well, become part of the label that we, we tell ourselves. And, you know, I, 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 I agree with you, like a billion percent, um, that having... Um, that all of us, all of us listening, all of us watching, 
have those stories within us and it might be uh might be for uh, any number of reasons but it might have been particularly for you know an audience of of gay men of not being like the typical boy the stereotypical boy um and so you know from a story like that uh we make it mean we interpret it and um make it then mean that you know we have to be like you know more manly than than any other man in the history of the world we have to be you know if we were bad at tug of war then you know we need to become the best at any other sports uh you know or um you know we we then need to simply just give up like we may have enjoyed our day doing the tug of war we may have enjoyed that that event we might not have been the strongest kid uh holding the rope but we enjoyed the the teamwork the camaraderie the effort the reward or the shared disappointment or whatever it was um and we denied that ourselves and then started to tell ourselves and this was me this was me that i'm bad at sport bad at sport uh but what did that really mean yeah well like yeah dig into that right yeah like i think anytime we use the word bad yeah like i'm bad right was it really about sports or did it go deeper yeah and did it say i'm bad period yeah yes yes all too quickly all too quickly for me uh i'm bad at mm, gets translated uh uh you know at least emotionally i'm bad full stop yeah and and so for me and i i think i've shared this in previous episodes of um connection over coffee but i went to a boarding school uh when i was 12 it was catholic it was a um co-ed uh co-educational day school but the boarding component was uh was was single sex it was it was um for boys and went there when i was 12 all the way through to almost 18 um so all of my um secondary schooling um was was there and it was about three hours drive from where my parents lived and where i grew up and it was a, it still is a very famous Australian rules football school uh, and euphemistically known as the football factory uh, because a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of guys get uh, drafted into the Australian Football League um, uh, from, from that school. And uh, yeah, I was not good. I didn't enjoy it. Um, and I, 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 I failed to see the fun in running around in the mud when it was bloody freezing cold, uh, trying to catch, uh, try, well, it's called marking, uh, trying to mark, but catching, uh, a, a football, getting like absolutely pummeled by other people and just being entirely, entirely miserable playing it. And I didn't enjoy it and I wasn't particularly skillful at it. Um, and I could run fast, but I would often, you know, I, I, I perfected the look of making it look like I was going all in, but really it was like projecting out the do not give me the ball. Don't want it. Um, and then, but... And, and, and the people around me very often were um, very free in offering their uh, interpretations of my skills. <laughs> uh, and I took all of that on, both like the discomfort within myself and the very free appraisal uh, that people around me were saying about my skills uh, and turned that into, I suck at all sports. Um, and that's not true. That's not true. And, um, but that took us some unpacking. It's like, I don't particularly enjoy playing one sport. I know that now as a 44 year old, 
uh, and um, and like no, I, I I like moving my body. I like challenging it. I like you know um, uh, seeing what I can do. I like the physical, mental, uh, and emotional benefits of movement. Uh, I like the connection that comes with it. All that kind of stuff. I just don't happen to enjoy playing Australian rules football. Watching it, however, those guys are amazing athletes uh, and look really good in shorts. Let's just leave it there. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, like what's not to enjoy about watching fit men run around um, uh, doing their thing? Yeah, um, it's so interesting because I have a story that's somewhat related to that because my dad... Um, got signed to go to training camp for the Atlanta Falcons, which is an American football team. Um, So he was at some level signed to potentially be a pro football player. And, I mean, let's face it, I think to some degree at some point in every man's life, they look up to their dad and they, they want to be very similar to their dad. And so <laughs> I, I think there are three, three labels that I think hurt men specifically um, in connecting and, and dealing with loneliness. And there are three Ps there that we have to protect, provide, and perform. Um, and I think that it's because of the way that we we look at those words and the the very skewed like definition that we give with me being somebody with cerebral palsy, I'm like, how the hell am I gonna protect somebody? And it's just because what's been projected and modeled for me out in the world is protection is just a physical act. Right. So how am I going to do that? Mm. And then how am I going to uh, make money and provide for my family? Because when I graduated from college, I was sitting on that couch. I was like, I've done everything that has lined up with what the American dream is, what I'm supposed to do, um, let alone there was all this financial stuff going on in 2008 where (laughs) nobody was getting jobs uh, and me and my friends had just graduated. So first off, hard for everybody, but I would go to interviews and I would sit there and I would recognize within minutes that the person sitting across from me didn't know what to do with me. They didn't know how to interact with somebody with a disability and they were just trying to make it through the interview. And so I spent a year sitting on the couch thinking, <laughs> okay, so now I'm getting slapped in the face with the reality of what the world sees as the label of disability. I may not agree with what it is, but this is what it's showing me currently. So how am I going to provide and then perform? Like, yeah, I wanted to go play football and be the quarterback for the 49ers and do all that stuff. So everything I saw on TV and I saw modeled, I was like, how the hell am I going to do that? How is that possible? And I think that's what happens regardless of the label. When we get stuck in whatever it is, it's like, how the hell am I going to do that? And I think it goes back to how we set expectations yeah. and, and that big label of who we believe we're supposed to be, that's set by somebody else's expectations. And when we are playing a game by somebody else's expectations, you're not going to win because you didn't make the rules and you don't even know how to score points. So that's the biggest problem with labels and loneliness at some level you're living your supposed to life and not the life you're meant to live wow bloody hell like 
I can guarantee you uh, that that will be in the promo. That is it right there. And I'm so glad that you raised this, Nathan, about expectations because some of the people in my corner who help me, support me, encourage me, call me forward, uh, uh, have said this quite a few times to me about, uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm disappointed, when I'm, dis- when I'm feeling disappointed, when I'm down on myself and I'm like, you know, sign me up for the Australian Olympic team on, um, on, on being hard on oneself uh, in, that, in that event uh, and also sign me up and, and, and like no one else, no one else, uh, no one in the world comes close to me um, <laughs> at, at, at being like driving myself hard. Um, and I used to wear that as a badge of honor. I used to go, yeah, this is, this is the way that one gets ahead. This is, uh, this is how the world works and people will see me for my awesomeness when I do this. What I realized that I was doing was like putting all of my worth onto other people in that way that you were saying, I was playing a game where I didn't know the rules. The rules constantly changed and I didn't know how to score. Well, I thought I knew how to score and that was like just being awesome at everything and being super pleasant, being like, you know, the, the guy who, you know, you could give a huge project to and then I'd come back after lunch having done it uh, and, you know, go and give me more. Look how awesome I am. Um, <laughs> and, and I know that I'm not alone on that. I know that I've not, I'm not alone on that, but... What is really interesting to me when I am called out, when I am called forward by the people in my corner, when I talk about expectations, it's like or being disappointed or frustrated or you know get an attack of the shoulds. This should I should have been this by now. Um, uh, particularly one. Um, one one man he says what did you expect would happen like very clearly what were your expectations uh and were they actually your expectations were they actually doable um and i generally swear at him um <laughs> because he's right but it kind of like like with the skill of an emotional surgeon, he just goes like just just gets right in there with with his with his coaching scalpel, um, and his name is Kevin Hunting, uh, and he does two steps forward coaching, um, and uh, I'll, I'll be getting him on the podcast um, in 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 the future, but he's awesome at doing that and you just saying now about expectations and the labels that come with the shoulds the you know uh, uh you know and and getting super clear on where they're from that's gold nathan thank you so and here's here's where that comes from for me when you're somebody who's <clears throat> labeled as disabled from the societal definition like people in our community, so other people with disabilities, we talk about raising the bar all the time, and, and that's a very human thing to talk about. Often, often the bar doesn't exist or it's laying on the ground for us. Like it's just laying there. But here's where I'm going to say something a little bit different than you'll probably hear most people with disabilities talk about and I think you can figure out how to apply this for yourself like who cares that it's on the ground I think that's actually amazing that it's on the ground because you can use that to your advantage the moment that you let those expectations 
below, it actually gives you a gift. And the gift is it gives you the opportunity to try shit. <laughs> like when there is no expectation, there's nobody saying this is what you should do. Everybody already assumes you're not going to be able to do it. So why not give yourself the opportunity to try? It allows for a space to try. So what if you went and you said, hey, today I'm going to try and let go of these expectations. This is just something that I, I feel like I want to do, but I don't need an outcome. I just want to do it, try it, and see what happens. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Like, stop worrying about raising the bar. Start worrying about trying the shit you want to try. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Leave the bar where it is. <laughs> that's that's so insightful. That's so insightful because it goes again to that point of the shoulds. Um and and I keep coming back uh right now to um the book uh The Velvet Rage. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you've heard of this this book, Nathan, but it's it's a really important book um, <laughs> written or written about gay men and how we can be um, very what's the word I'm looking here for? But you know, determined to prove that we are enough. And in that determination can lead us to do, lead us as gay men, but let's substitute gay men and like leave us humans because it's a very human thing um, when we look at it, you know, very generally. Uh, the desire to prove that we are worthy enough, that we are something enough, drives us to do... Um, to do bigger, better, bolder um, uh, things. And that in itself is not a bad thing. It gets us off the couch. Mm -hmm. But when we are completely unaware of that within us, it goes to your point of, and I love this, I love this, like playing a game that we don't know the rules and we don't know how to score. And the rules are always changing. So just when we think it, we figured it out, like someone somewhere in the commentary box goes, no, that was a foul, try again. Um, and yeah, that, that to me is uh, such a powerful behavioral driver for gay men in the, in the proving that we are enough. Um, and that, I, I, I really invite, the the listener and the viewer to reflect on that and and how the the shoulds how the um uh you know the 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 label that they're wearing is um uh is is affecting their now like their their current lived moment um, how it's showing up in frustrations, how it's showing up with their ability to connect, how it's showing up with their ability to allow themselves to be their true, authentic self. And this goes to a, a point, Nathan, just in the time that we've got left. You and I were talking about before we pressed record and, and all that good stuff that, that, um, that, we, that we were talking about. You were saying how how do we authentically connect when we may not even know how to do that or we don't yet know how we are, who we are and how we are. Can you just like solve that problem for us? Um, <laughs> Yeah, just in a couple minutes, we're gonna solve the problem, right? All right just, um, let's just give give time and space for the for the uh, viewer and the listener to go and get a pen and paper uh, to sharpen the pencil, uh, and with pens poised over paper, we're taking notes. 
go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, don't allow authenticity to become a buzzword. Um, I think we're seeing that happen a lot here now. Um, in authenticity what way? And, what? In what way? It's the, it's the answer to every solution, but nobody actually talks about what it actually means or supports it with anything. They're just like, be vulnerable, be authentic. And nobody's providing the tools for, like you said, how do we get there, right? Yeah. And so I think the most important thing to do is to ask yourself, powerful questions and i'm huge on defining everything so like it doesn't matter for you how i define authenticity uh, since you have that sheet of paper in front of you now i want you to write down the word authenticity and i want you to be in charge of your own dictionary right now and i want you to define what that is for you right now in this moment and realize that, hey, if if Nathan asked me this a week from now, guess what? My answer is probably going to be different. Mm -hmm. um, we're always evolving and we're always changing. So I think that's important to recognize as well. But, okay, authenticity first. What does it look like? when you are authentic, when you think that you're authentic, if you don't know what it is, when, when you just think about it for yourself right now, what does that look like? When you are authentic, who's in your life? When you're authentic, what are you doing? When you're authentic, what are you saying? When you're authentic, like, involve all your senses what are you hearing what are other people saying about you what are you saying about yourself i think we have to you mentioned like third person i think the greatest thing even for loneliness and i know we don't have time to do this today but one of my exercises is get out of your head and so it's asking questions like for loneliness specifically, when I, when I imagine loneliness, this is what I see. When I imagine loneliness, this is what I hear. When I imagine loneliness, this is what I'm saying to myself. If loneliness was a color, what color would it be? And if loneliness was an inanimate object, when I imagine that, that feeling, what inanimate object shows up. Now you've created a whole experience around loneliness where it's no longer this thing in your head. You've got it on paper. Now that you answered those questions for yourself, I want you to think about if I was naming my loneliness, what would I name it? And then we do the opposite thing for connection. We ask the same exact questions, but we replace loneliness with connection. And then you have two very different pictures with actual names to those feelings, to those emotions. And now you have something that you can go back and you can say, hey, who, what character is showing up for me right now? What character is showing up for me right now? So I think you get to do that with authenticity as well yeah wow wow bloody hell nathan that's brilliant that's brilliant and i love i love 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 those questions um and I know that that's something that we will be uh, digging into, like as as you know, we we tell the world about um, this conversation um, uh, on on our various social media channels over over the coming weeks. But I want to just take a big 
not not a big step back, but about authenticity. And you're right, it is an absolute buzzword right now. And I just want to revisit your point because authenticity, we get to define that. And I love that. I, I'm, I'm like good with the words. And so I find incredible power in defining key concepts for myself. Particularly in that definition, and I wrote this down uh, for myself, your, your question about who is in your life when we are feeling authentic. When we've practiced authenticity, when we're feeling real within ourselves, that question is critical. And listener and viewer, where, my, where I went physically and emotionally when it came to that point about authenticity and who's in your life, my invitation for you is to reflect on are you in your life when you're practicing mm. authenticity? Because the temptation is, as Nathan said, to look at things in the third person. Thank you, Nathan. I'll accept that applause. Um, uh, in the third person. So he wants me to be authentic. He helps me to be authentic. Um, and Or in the second person. So, you help me to be authentic. You want me to be authentic. Therefore, I will be authentic. But the critical thing, and this goes to loneliness, to the very core of loneliness, can be the absence of connection to ourself. And I talk about this in the three pillars of connection, which is a cornerstone of my work. Connection to self, connection to those most important to us, and connection to our communities. However you define each of those, whoever's important to you, your community, but your connection to self is the thing that makes the connection to the other two pillars real, genuine, dare I say, authentic. And it's the absence of lies. It's the absence of, uh, of, of tricking yourself, of convincing yourself that you're something that, you're, that you, you, you might not, be might not want to be um, and the acceptance of what is about you in that moment Nathan shit that's like brilliant that's brilliant I, I I do need to 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 wrap this up like extremely reluctantly, but I want to flag this publicly. All right, uh, I want to explore with you again in the coming months, and if you are keen, um, I would be extremely like just so tremendously grateful. We didn't even touch on being a burden. And, and the coming out of loneliness, the climbing the ladder out of the pool of, of loneliness that we've waded into uh, about being a burden. Um, and I know that this is th- like this, this concept not only is on your T-shirt right now, but is, you know, play, is a key thread in, um, in, in your work. And it actually really speaks to me because I see this so often uh, when people talk to me about loneliness and I'm like, well, why didn't, like, why you're allowed to ask for help? It's like, oh, I didn't want to be a burden. Didn't want to be a burden. It's like, bull fucking shit, you're allowed to be a burden because you're, those, you, those most important in your life and your communities are waiting for you to show up. And nobody expects, you don't expect everybody else in your life to have everything sorted for themselves. And just like you're ready and willing and able and only too happy to help out others, others are happy, willing, and able to help you. You hit it. I don't think, I think, yeah, I'm down to explore that uh, in the future for sure. Because that thought keeps us small. Yeah, and I know there's somebody listening right now that has that feeling, a hundred percent. And that's me putting my hand up. 
Yep. Yeah. Um, there's so many people. Like, I don't want to dive too far. But that idea of being a burden, that's what keeps you in the loop of loneliness. Yep. Because you just sit there, and the thing you want to do most is you want to connect, but you feel like a burden. And then the world's out there telling you, call me if you need me. Yeah. But (laughs) they just put the burden back on you. Yeah. Yeah. So... I want to flag this uh, in in the next um, next few days. Let's get in contact, um, and uh, like it, it might not be any surprise, but I have a spreadsheet with the Ford schedule. Let's get you in that Ford schedule over the so so you can plan around it um, as as well. And and for another blog post um, uh, podcast combo on that um, that really important topic. But Nathan, before we wrap up, um, I want to ask, how can the listener, how can the viewer, who I'm sure has been in, in rapt and, you know, rapt attention um, during this, this awesome coffee, how can they find you? Yeah, right now, um, for all of our iPhone friends, Clubhouse is huge for me. You can be in direct conversation with me almost every day at some point. Um, So that's real Nathan Todd on Clubhouse. And then on Instagram is where I spend the second most amount of time. So the real Nathan Todd on Instagram. And I'm happy uh, to talk to anybody and support you in in getting out of that, that pool um, that you feel like you might be drowning in right now. Yeah. Uh, I'll be putting links to uh, to your clubhouse and to Instagram in the episode description. Uh, and you're also on Facebook. Uh, and, um, yeah, check him out, please, uh, because Nathan's work is, well, brilliant. I'm in awe. Um and uh, yeah, your ability to see people uh, really, uh, well, frankly, inspires me. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for how you do it. And most importantly, thank you for being you and putting the real, dare I say, authentics you into the world because you are making the world a much better place because I can say that from my own personal experience. Thank you, Nathan. Much love, everybody. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Connection Over Coffee with The Loneliness Guy. And I know, because I've just flagged it, that this will not be the last. All right. Thank you so much, Nathan. Thank you so much, viewer. Thank you so much, listener. Um, but before I, I wrap up, uh, finally, I want to say that um, remember, uh, loneliness um, is not something that you are expected to move beyond um, uh, by yourself. Uh, indeed, you are able, like you completely missed the point if you want to work through the thoughts and feelings of loneliness uh, by yourself. So join the small but growing community that I've created um, uh, with the um, premium uh, members of the Loneliness Guy, uh, and join us uh, for um, on 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 in our exclusive Facebook group as we all work to uh, put our real authentic selves into the world as beautifully awesome human gay men uh, and come and get the support that you deserve as you go about putting you into the world so all of that is available uh, uh, through my website you can't miss it thelonelinessguy.com until next time everyone stay safe stay well Nathan you're bloody awesome I think you're just excellent and I'm so glad to have you here thanks so much All right, YouTube, we'll see you later. No worries. Be awesome, stay well, stay kind. See you later.
All sounds that you heard in this episode were recorded at Prefab Eatery on Jesse Street, Wellington. All views expressed in this episode are my own and are intended to support, challenge and inspire gay men to consider the issue of loneliness and increase awareness of the need for authentic connection with themselves, with others and their communities as an antidote to loneliness. They are not intended to, nor should they, replace the advice of a licensed helping professional. Please consult the resources page on my website, thelonelinessguide.com, if you feel that you need the services of a licensed helping professional. Thanks for listening.